What's up, church? Are we still doing good? Come on, I said, are we still doing good? Anybody ready for the word of God today? Some of you are like, I'm not so sure. (laughs) Uh, Man, it's good to see you here. I want to make mention just real briefly again. We're excited uh, about the fall festival. We want you to be there. We have a great time every single year. And we have a great uh, place and some people in our church that have agreed to host it this year. Lots of space, lots of activities, uh, and we just get to hang out, eat some food, play games together. And uh, there'll be hay rides, bonfire, all of that stuff as well. And so uh, November the 2nd, we want you to make plans to be there that evening. It's going to be a lot of fun and great opportunity for you to meet some people too because if you're looking to meet some people, it's a great opportunity. There'll be a lot of people there. I know we have two services as a church, but everybody comes together uh, in one location, and so it's a fun time. And then the ladies' uh, retreat and conference on November the 16th, want to make mention of that. And ladies, make sure you get registered just as soon as possible so that we can be prepared for all of you that are going to be there on that day. Um, well, one thing that we are doing today in the... Uh, in the 1115 service, we have a lot of people that are showing up. They are going to be water baptized. And, uh, man, that's just a powerful, powerful, powerful time uh, in what God does in, in our lives. And then people uh, that, that make the decision, hey, I need to be obedient. I need to follow uh, Jesus' example and be baptized. And so we're excited about that. We have people that are going to be prepared to do that. And I want to make mention of this. Maybe you came and you're at this service And you're thinking right now, you know what, I think that's the next step. I would encourage you, even as the service goes on, pray about it. Just ask the Lord. Uh, I know that sometimes we have, sometimes you've been uh, baptized maybe when you were little, but maybe uh, at some point in your life there came a moment where there was a life change moment and you really gave your life to Jesus and allowed him to be Lord and Savior of your life. And maybe today he is speaking to you and saying, hey, you need to be water baptized. I know you did it when you were little, but maybe today you need to be water baptized again just to say, you know what, since I believed, I'm going to be baptized. And if that's you, you're welcome to hang out with us uh, into the next service if the Lord leads you to, and we would be happy to baptize you. It's going to be an exciting time. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we began a new series that we have called Simple Life. And what we're doing in this series is we're going to be focusing on four specific areas of our lives where uh, most of us probably need to simplify. And we talked about there was this study that was done and this research that was done. And out of all of these people, over a thousand people, uh, there were four areas they could, you know, like what, what is going on in your life where you need to simplify. They asked them all these questions and, and it came down to four areas in their life to where people felt like I need simplicity in this area so that I can do what matters and be focused on this and, and all these different things. And they were, they were time, relationships, money, and God. And so in this series over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about time, relationships, money, and God and what uh, the word says about it and hopefully be able to help you and help myself even as we go through this series. And last week, we said the first three steps toward a simple life, it was kind of, or not last week, but, but a couple of weeks ago, there were three things we talked about that were really the first three steps toward a simple life, and now we're going to get specific, but those three things, just to remind you, 
uh, the first thing is we've got to remember who our example is. Too, many, too often we're comparing ourselves to other people. We're comparing ourselves to what they're doing and how, how they're living their life and, and all of these different things. And, and, it, and it busies us and we're doing things that we don't even necessarily need to be doing. And we're not doing things that God has called us to do because we're comparing ourselves to everybody else around us instead of comparing ourselves to the actual example. And Jesus is our example. And so we've got to remember who the example is. And then we've got to clarify where we need to simplify and that's where we talked about these four areas that we're going to be talking about in this series. And then number three, how many of you know that if you know who the example is and you know where you need to simplify, but you don't embrace the solution, it does you no good. If you don't do anything with it, what God says to do, then it doesn't do you any good. And so you've got to embrace the solution. And so that was kind of an introduction into this series. And uh, today we're going to be uh, speaking into the area of time in our lives, and I've titled this message, if you're taking notes or if you're on the Bible app, you can get the notes on there. This message is called Killing Time. Somebody say killing time. Killing time. You ever said that phrase before? I'm just killing time. Just killing time. Just killing time, right? So we're going to talk about time for uh, just a few minutes, and our theme verse uh, in this series is found in John 10.10, and I want to read it to you out of the Passion translation it says it like this a thief has only one thing in mind he wants to steal slaughter and destroy so if you've ever wondered what the enemy is trying to do if you've ever wondered what the enemy is trying to do in your life he is trying to steal kill and destroy as some translations say it this one says steal slaughter and destroy but i have come this is jesus but i have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect, life in its fullness until you, say this word with me, overflow. Jesus wants to give you everything in abundance. He wants you to have life to the fullest and so full that it overflows onto those around you. It overflows in your life. So instead of feeling drained, Jesus' desire is for our lives to be full, so full in a good way that they overflow. Anybody felt drained before? Anybody felt exhausted before, right? We, we, we go through these these. Sometimes in seasons, sometimes some of you are like, I've been in a pretty long season of feeling exhausted and feeling tired, and hopefully this series is going to be helpful to you. And so as we look today at how uh, this, this applies to our lives in the area of time, uh, I want to give you three points that I believe are going to help us experience the abundant life that Jesus wants us to have. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to give these points. Each point is going to be a question. And it's intentional because I think it's a question that you need to ask yourself and that I need to ask myself and probably every single day. Somebody say every single day. Sometimes I think we come to a church service, we hear something, we ask ourselves that question and we're like, yep, I need to do that. And then on Tuesday, we don't ask it. And we're right back in the same boat that we were in before because we didn't wake up on Thursday and ask ourselves the same question that we know we need to ask ourselves. How many of you know it's easy to get off track? It's easy to start heading in the wrong direction or not even necessarily the wrong direction as we're going to be talking about, but a direction that is not God's best for your life. And we've got to wake up every single morning and say, I need to ask myself some questions. And so in the area of time, uh, I want to give you three questions to ask yourself. Here's number one, if you're taking notes, what matters to me? What actually matters to me? What matters to me? What is, what is in my heart? What matters to me? It's it's tough sometimes trying to figure out what to do with our time. And I don't know if you've ever thought to yourself that it would be great if God had created the day with 25 hours. Anybody ever thought that before? 
if I just had one more hour in the day, everything would be great. I just can't get enough done in 24 hours. If there were just 25 hours, it would just be, whoo, it'd just be so good. God, I think you just, I think you missed it. I think we needed another hour. And here's the reality for most of us. If God gave us another hour, we would fill it with something else and we would want another hour. I'm about to, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm warning you ahead of time. I am going to be all up in your business. I'm so glad you came to church today because I'm going to be all up in your business today. I mean, some of you, when we get about halfway through the message, you're going to be like, dang, why did we come to church today? I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help me. I'm going to be all up in your business today. So just get ready. Lean in. Some of us, if God gave us another hour, we would find something to do with that hour, and we would want another hour. You know, God, I've been thinking, if there were 27 hours in the day, that would be good. And God says, okay, if you had 27 hours in the day, you'd fill them with something else, and then you'd be asking me for more time. How many of you know there is enough time? Everybody in this room has the same amount of time every single day. <laughs> Everybody has the same amount of time every single day. Uh, there, there are different options, so many different options that we can do with our time. And, and some things like, will we spend our time on our career? Are we going to spend our time with our kids? Are we going to spend time trying to better ourselves? Are we going to spend time at church? Are we going to spend time in relationships? There are all these different areas. I mean, you can fill in the blank. You can think of all the different ways that you are spending your time, that you're spending your time. And I want to take a moment. Uh, the only way to figure out what to do with our time is to get a grasp on our priorities in life. And so I want to do an exercise. Can we exercise? Some of you are like, exercise? Well, I'm not exercising. You don't have to move. But here's, <laughs> but here's the thing. I, wanna, I want you to try this exercise. So will you do this with me? Just, just humor me for a moment. Everybody close your eyes. Nobody's coming around to, to do anything to you, so don't freak out right now. and be, you know, one eye open. Like, what, what is going on? We're all closing our eyes. And I want you to think about your typical day. I want you to just pick a day from this last week. Think about a typical day for you. Your eyes are closed. You're thinking about a typical day. If it was Wednesday, if it was Monday, if it was Friday, whatever the day was. And I want you to reflect on that day. And I want you to think about how you spent your time during that day. Think about what you did in the morning. Think about what work looked like. Think about what you did in the evening, what you did uh, before you got to bed. Now, uh, now here's what I want you to do. You, you're kind of figuring out, okay, this is what I did in the morning. And I went to work or, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Came home in the evening. This is what I did in the evening. This is what I typically do in the evening. This is what I typically do before I go to bed. This is what time I typically get in bed. This is, you know, all of these different things. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take work out of your day. So everybody knows you got, like, you have to work. You don't work, you don't eat. That's Bible, okay? So you've got to work. You provide. You, you work hard. We're, we're working as if we're working for God, not for man, you know, so we do the best that we can at work. But I want you to take work out of your day, if that's eight hours, nine hours, ten hours, whatever your work day looks like. And after you take work out, what did you do? What did you do? If you take that, that work section out, what did you, in the morning, evening time, whatever time that looks like, if you work at night, maybe it was, it was during the day, what did you do with your time? See, for some of us, you can open your eyes because some of you are like, is he ever going to let us open our eyes? What did you do with your time other than, other than this, this work portion? See, some of us, some of us, we were thinking, you know, well, typical day for me is I got up just in enough time to get to work three minutes late. I was running around trying to get the kids fed. 
trying to make things happen, trying to make sure that everybody's awake, got to get everybody to school, got to, got to, got to do all this stuff, and then I went to work, and then I came home, and, and okay, we, we ate dinner, and I had to finish up some things, I don't know what it looks like for you, and then we sat down, and we watched TV for three hours, or maybe you watch TV for 30 minutes, and you get in bed early, or maybe you stay up really, really late, and then, and then it's like this endless cycle for you, then you're waking up late because you stayed up late, and now you're in a hurry the next day, and when you get to work, you're stressed out, and you don't like anybody, you hate everybody at work because you're stressed out when you got there, and you're sweating, and you don't want to be sweating when you first get there, and you walked out your door, and you're trying to run out, and you're like, ah, flat tire, what are we going to do now? What did, what did you do with your time? What defines your day? Where are you spending most of your time? And here's what, here's what I believe. The rest of your day, when we take out that work part, the rest of your day really for this context, it reveals what your priorities are. I'm not talking about what you want your priorities to be. It reveals what's important to you. Because when you take out your work portion, everything else you did in the day that was up to you reveals what is important to you. Because that's where you spent your time. That's, those are the things that you chose to do. Not something you necessarily had to do. And most of us in the room would probably say that our priorities aren't where we would like for them to be. And that we might desire for that day or any particular day to maybe look a little bit different. And can I tell you today, that's a good thing. If you're noticing some things already in, in what you do on a typical day that are revealing what, what your real priorities are, not what you want them to be. Maybe you want them to be this, and how do I get them to line up with, how do I get my priorities over here? Because that's what I want to be doing. You probably have a desire to live your life in a way that, that you were actually meant to live it. Now, I want to, I want to ask another question. And uh, I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best to try to present this to you the way that I feel like God gave it to me. <laughs> and so uh, if, if I'm kind of stumbling around a little bit, it's because I have, I have a word with this. And I'm like, God, how can I communicate this to where people will get this and will actually walk out and do something, myself included? And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to help us today. Now, if we, were, if we were to ask this question, you were to ask yourself another question. What do you think God's plan might be for your priorities? So we've kind of established where your priorities are because it's what you do. What you do is what you value. What you do is where you're prioritizing your time. And, and, and it may not line up with where you want to be, but it's what you're doing. Are you with me? And, and really, I feel like I, I felt like God gave me two things um, that really can help define our priorities. And I was listing out all of these things, and I was going through there. I was like, okay, and these are good priorities. So let me tell you, I was thinking, okay, there's, you know, God first, and then spouse second, and then kids, and then, uh, and then everything else comes after that, right? Some, sometimes we've got hobbies way up here, you know, above our kids, and it's out of priority, and so and, and things in your life aren't working out. It's because God has an order thing. But then I felt like about midweek <laughs> this week that God said, no, what you need to do is you need to say two things. You need to say two things. And here are the two things. Love God. Some of you already know where I'm going with this. And love people. So, so it was like, God, what, what should our priorities look like? And God said, here's how you should prioritize your life. Love God. 
love people. And, and Jesus even said that you can sum up everything in the law by two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now here's something, and I don't have time to get into all this today, but some of you don't love people well because you don't love yourself well. That's a whole other message. But God said, God said, love him and love people. Love him and love people. So when I prioritize my life, it should look something like the things that I'm doing in the day, it's about loving God, and it's about loving my neighbor as I love myself, right? And, and I want to show you a couple of scriptures. I'm going to go through quite a bit of, of scripture today uh, as we go through this, and I'm going to try to hurry. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, many of us are, are aware of this verse, and we, we quote this verse, and we think about this verse, and we hear somebody preach about this verse, and we're like, amen. But are you living it? Are you living it? This is what it says, Passion Translation. So above all, everybody say above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Some translations, maybe you're more familiar with this translation. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then everything else, and right before this, you know, it's like, what are we gonna, like, what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna wear? What are we gonna, how are we gonna take care of this? How are we gonna do this? And God says, listen, 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 listen. Seek me first. And everything else you're so worried about, everything that you need, I didn't say want, I said need, everything else that you need will be given to you. Some of us are mad at God, and then I'm going to move on because I don't want to make you too mad at me today. Some of us are mad at God because he's not giving us what we want. He didn't promise you what you wanted. I told you, I'm all up in your business today. God said, seek me first and everything that you need. I'm going to take care of everything that you need. Everything that you need. Here's, here's another one I want to read. This is about six verses here in Matthew 23, verses 34 through 40. Uh, and this is kind of what we were talking about just a moment ago. This is Jesus. He said, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they called a meeting to discuss how to trap Jesus. Then one of them, a religious scholar, posed this question to test him. Somebody who knows, knows all about the scripture. Religious, been studying it for years. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus answered him. I love Jesus. Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment, and the second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Contained within these commandments to love you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. Jesus said, let me just sum it all up for you. Because you're asking me, which one of the 613 laws is the most important? Which one should we be focused on the most, Jesus? Which one is going to make us seem more important, Jesus? Which one should we be? And Jesus said, listen, let me just sum it all up for you. Love God with all your passion, everything within you. And love your friend, love your neighbor, love people like you love yourself. And in these commandments to what? Love. In these commandments to love, you will find 
all the meaning of the law and the prophets. All the meaning. When you love God and love people. Now I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a strong statement. Um and I don't intend to make you mad, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make a strong statement. Is that all right? Um two statements really. God at number one does not equal church attendance. God at number one does not equal church attendance. And and here, and I think we're gonna have this on the screen, but church attendance, groups, serving, doing the things of God will be an overflow of your life when your relationship is prioritized God's way. When your life is prioritized God's way, when you're doing things God's way, the overflow that's going to come out of you is going to affect, listen to me, listen to me. You're loving God, so what happens next? It overflows and you love people. You're loving God. And he said, listen, now you're going to be able to love people. You're going to be able to love your neighbor as you love yourself. You're going to be able to love your friend as you love yourself. You're going to be able to love your coworker. You're going to be able to love people. And then the question is why? Because these are ways for us to love God and love people. Love God and love people. So here's, here's the real question today. Uh, if we're going to do things God's way with our time, uh, a few questions. You don't have these in your notes. They're not going to be on the screen, but I just want to roll through them really quick. How can I love God more? How can I love people better? How can I love my spouse better? How can I love my kids better? How can I love God's sons and daughters better? These are the questions that we should be asking. Because God said, listen, love me and love people. So everything that I do needs to fall in the category of loving God and loving people. How do I love my spouse better? How do I love my kids better? How do I love my coworkers better? How do I do a better job here? How, how do I love God more? How do I get more of God in my life? How do I know him better? How do I? These are the questions that we need to be asking concerning our time because whenever you're focused on loving God and loving people then you'll prioritize your time to love God and love people you'll prioritize time with God in the word you'll prioritize prayer you'll prioritize serving people you'll prioritize being in community you'll prioritize all of these things when you're focused on how I'm, I'm supposed to love God and love people are you with me so how do we find clarity in our time? We, we rearrange our daily life so that it reflects the priorities of our heart, of our heart. So that's the first question, and that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, what matters to me? We've got to define what actually matters. And here's number two. Why do I do what I do? Why do I do what I do? You ever ask yourself this question before? Why do, I, why do I do what I do? See, I think that some of us fill our days with time-consuming activities so that we don't have to face the reality of who we are. And some of us fill our days with extracurricular activities because we're afraid that our kids are going to miss out. 
And, and some of us fill our weeks with tasks and activities that try to impress people that we don't even like. Some of y'all are running around. I won't say y'all. I'll say us. Some of us are running around trying to impress people. We're filling our time with things to impress people that we don't even like. We need to love everybody, but you can't base what you do with your time on what everybody else wants you to do or what everybody else is doing. And so we got to stop and say, why? Am I doing what I'm doing? Why do I do what I do? Why, when I look at a typical day, why did I do that? What was the purpose? Why did I do that thing? And here's the question. As you look at how you spend your time, why, as you think about this typical day for you, or this typical week for you, or the way the last three months has looked for you, why are you doing the things you're doing? It's often, not always, but sometimes it's self-absorption that hinders our moving into a simple life. And I want to read this story to you, and I want you to think about this story. Many of us have read it. It's Martha, Mary, and Jesus. And this is in Luke chapter 10. And, and this is what it says. And I want to point some things out as we read through this that stuck out to me. I want to start in verse 38. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey. They came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. So Martha's like, come on, Jesus, come on in. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every relation, every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated. Anybody ever been exasperated? Just Martha's like, I invited you into my home. Now I'm exasperated. And here's Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And this, is, and this is what happens. She became exasperated by finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, check this out. Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help who? Me. You know, what you're saying, Jesus, is really good. I mean, it's just, mm, mm, mm. I've been hearing it from the kitchen. Mm, it's really good. It's really, it's really good. And I know, like, Mary, I know, like, oh, you don't always work as hard as what other people do, you know. But I think in this case, like, Lord, can you just, you know, slip it in there somewhere? Can you just let her know, hey, she needs to get up and help me because this is, this is the important thing that we're doing here. I mean, the roast is almost done, Jesus. And, and I need some help. It's hot. We got to get it out. Got to get the vegetables ready. I need somebody to open these cans. And all y'all are doing is sitting here talking and having conversation. Can somebody please get up and help me? Me. 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 Nowhere in here do I ever read that Martha said, hey, Mary, you want help? Can I... Oh, Lord Jesus, help me to communicate this the right way. <laughs> Sometimes we are complaining to God about things 
that we have, number one, not asked help for help for ourselves. And we're going to God like, do you see that everybody, nobody is helping me? And I think sometimes God is looking down and he's like, did you ask? Did you, did you seek out some help? But that's not the point. That's not the point. Verse 41, the Lord answered, Jesus says this, Martha, my beloved Martha. One thing I love about Jesus is even when we complain and we're, we're complaining about the wrong thing, Jesus is still like, oh, let me, let me help you. Let me help you. Because I don't see anywhere in here where Jesus is frustrated or Jesus is mad at Martha. He just asks her some questions. He says, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many, what, distractions? Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing. Some of us need to discover today. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Basically, what Jesus says is, I'm not taking away what she's doing because of what you want her to do. Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm not. Jesus! Being lazy! Will you tell her to come help me? We got stuff to do. And Jesus says, why are you so distracted? Are those things really what's most important? And see, Mary has discovered what's most important, and I'm not taking that away. She has discovered what is most important, and I'm not taking that away. I'm not going to tell her to get up and do what you think she ought to be doing when she's actually doing the thing that is the most important thing that she can be doing in this moment. Martha wanted to be a good host for Jesus, and so she's busied herself, and she's got this all this stuff going on, and when she became weary and tired and stressed and frustrated, anybody ever been weary or tired or stressed or frustrated? When she, when she began to experience these things and she goes to Jesus, Jesus looks at her and says, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Not that she's doing bad things. These are good things. But Jesus says, why are you, why are you doing what you, you're weary and you're tired and you're stressed and you're frustrated and you're barking at people and all this other stuff. Why are you, why are you doing what you're doing? Is, is that the most important thing? Are you keeping the main thing the main thing or are you distracted by everything else that everybody wants you to do or thinks you ought to be doing or that you feel like you ought to be doing to impress people? And Jesus is saying today, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Maybe we need to ask ourselves today that question. Why am I doing everything that I'm doing? Am I supposed to be doing everything that I'm doing? That might even be a better question. <laughs> am I supposed to be doing? Is this, is this what God has for my life? Did, did, am I doing this for people? Or am I doing this for God? Is this, is this my calling 
is this is this something that that I should be doing? Am I supposed to be doing everything that I have I gotten distracted by things that have taken me away from what is most important? We're talking about time, and here's point number three or question number three, and this is a big one. In light of all this, what should I eliminate? What really matters to me? Okay. Why am I doing all the things? Am, am I distracted? Am I doing things that 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 Jesus is, and, I, and I'm, get, I'm getting frustrated, and Jesus is saying, why, why are you doing what you're doing? And in light of all those things that now we're discovering, what should I eliminate you ever gotten overcommitted in your life and become stressed and weary <laughs> some of you are like i'm so overcommitted right now i can't even raise my hand on this question you became overcommitted uh let me ask you an important question and and they're gonna throw this on the screen when you feel stressed and overcommitted what's the first thing to go When you feel like there's too much going on in your life, what's the first thing you eliminate? What's the, what's the first thing to go in your life? You ever gotten overcommitted in your life and community with people is the first thing to go? Whew. Boy, it's quiet in here. I expected it to be quiet on point number three because I'm trying to help us. I really am. I promise you, this is... I, I, I'm really trying to help us. You ever, you ever been overcommitted in your life and community was the first thing? You ever gotten overcommitted in your life and serving was the first thing to go? Got so much going on, man. Got to eliminate some stuff. And serving's the first thing to go. You ever, you ever gotten overcommitted in your life and time with God was the first thing to go? I'm preaching better than y'all responding right now, but that's all right. You ever you ever gotten overcommitted and stressed out and weary and tired, and the first thing to go was your time with the Lord? <laughs> now I'm gonna ask you a question. And I'm gonna read you some scripture. Does that even make sense? <laughs> you overcommitted, stressed out, tired, weary, don't know what to do, too much going on. You know what I think I ought to do? I th- and we don't say it like this, but this is what we do. Nobody says it out loud like this. But in our, in our hearts and in our minds, this is what we do. You know, I just ain't got time for God. I just don't. I don't have time for God. There's just too much to do. There's just, there's just there's too much going on. And so we eliminate these things. Why is it that when we, and I want you to hear me. I love you. Why is it? <laughs> Why is it when we pile too many things? Who piles too many things? (laughs) Why is it that when we pile too many things in our lives, that the first things we feel like we need to eliminate are the very things that Jesus tells us we actually need? Oh, God help me. Why is it when we... When we pile too many things in our lives, the first things we feel like we need to eliminate are the very things that Jesus tells us we actually need. Let me read you a couple of scriptures, and then we're going to wrap it up today. Hebrews chapter 10, 
verse 25 says this, and I'll go ahead and bring the worship team back. It says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should, and this just blows my mind, in fact, we should come together even more frequently. Eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Some of us are, are still stuck in this place because when we got overwhelmed and we piled too much stuff in our lives, we gave up the one thing that Jesus said, you don't need to neglect this. Why? Because you're going to get together, you're going to encourage each other, you're going to urge each other to do good things, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna spur each other, you're going to grow together. And the first thing that we do is eliminate the thing that Jesus said, this is going to help you. This is going to help you. When you get together, when you meet together, when, when, when you're in community together, you're encouraging each other. You're urging each other on as we anticipate that day dawning. Here's 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, and I love this in the Amplified Bible. Just as each one of you has received a special gift. Who all has received a special gift? I'm just checking. A spiritual talent and ability graciously given by God. Here's, this just blows my mind. Check this out. Employ it in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. Here's what, here's what God says. God says, here, here, here's what he's telling us today. He says, you know what good stewards do? Good stewards use what I've given them to serve. And I love the way that, that Pastor Stephen, who was here last weekend, if you were here last weekend, said, said it. He said, we are, we're, we're not volunteers. We're God's sons and daughters serving God's sons and daughters. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm hope, I'm just wanting you to think about it. I'm just wanting you to think about it. Process this as you go through your week. Why do we eliminate, just ask yourself, why do I eliminate the things in my life that God tells me I need whenever I have put too much stuff in my life? Why is that what I eliminate? Could it be? Could it be? Crazy thought. Could it be that the enemy does not want you doing the things that God has said are important for you to do. And so, so check this out. And so what, what his scheme is, and you know what I know about this? This applies to everybody today, myself included. And the devil has no new tricks. So with all of us in the room today, could it be that the enemy has convinced us that we have so much opportunity. We have so much going on. You know what you should get rid of? You should get rid of some people. You should get rid of, of friends. You should get rid of community. You should, you should get rid of being in church regularly. You should get rid of, you know, I know that, that groups are a good thing. And that's what they keep telling you. But you just don't have time. Could it be that the enemy... Whenever we've got so much going on in our lives, you know, you know what you should do? 
you should stop worrying about what other people need. And you should stop. You should, you should stop. You just don't have time. I know that you have a good heart, and he'll convince you that. I know that you have a good heart, but what you should do is you should stop serving so much. You should stop. You should stop. You should stop loving people. Why do we do this? Could it be that all along we're eliminating things in our lives and the reason we still don't feel rested and the reason we still feel weary and tired and the reason we still feel stressed out and bummed and the reason we're still you know, barking at people in our lives and upset at our spouse and all this other stuff, could it be that the enemy has convinced us to eliminate the wrong things in our lives and because we have eliminated the wrong things you're doing less but feeling more overwhelmed and God says listen it's because you've neglected the things that I've, that I've encouraged you to do to meet together and to use what I've given you to serve other people what should I eliminate what should I eliminate will you stand to your feet today I want to give you these three things, and then we're going we're gonna to sing, we're going to pray. I'll go ahead and bring the prayer team down. So what is God's plan for our lives regarding our time? I think for me personally, I feel like this can be summed up in three, in three things, three statements that are going to be on the screen if you want to write them down or however you want to do that. Do things that matter eternally. Use what God has given us to serve people and make sure we eliminate the right things how are we going to love God and love people better by doing things that matter eternally by using what God has gifted you to do to serve other people and by making sure that you don't eliminate one of the things that God has said hey you can sum it all up in this love me and love people love me love people Love me, love people. God, I thank you today. God, I thank you that you are that you are speaking to us, that you are, that you're planting something in our hearts right now. And here's what I pray for. God, I ask you today that you would rebuke the enemy and the lies and the thoughts and the confusion and everything else that he is trying to bring because all he does is steal, kill, and destroy. And so today, would you, Lord, would you convince us that your way is the best way? Would you convince us that your way is the best way? And I want to pray for you. So if you're here today and you say, what, you know what? I, th God is speaking to me today. Will you just lift your hand right where you are? God is speaking to me today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, you see every hand all over this building. And Lord, even my hand. God, I pray that you would, that you would help us to be convinced that your way and your priorities and doing things your way will always be the best 
way. And Lord, I pray right now as we sing this last worship song, if there's anybody here who needs prayer for anything in their life, that pride would not rule in this building. That we would receive prayer if we need prayer for anything. And Lord, for those of us that that's not us today, Lord, that we would worship you. We give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And we worship you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.